In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 58th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this show here, Here's How to Make Julio Jones Happy. We have the numbers, we have the rankings, and we'll get into that with some great specificity this week we'll also hear from coach dan quinn uh big beasley on going back to dn we look at a preview the cover nine at nine blog with ricardo allen give you the injury updates and look ahead to what's going on today and next week as the falcons are in the midst of their otas we now know that Julio Jones will not be expected in Flowery Branch until the minicamp in June. Owner Arthur Blank told Jeff Schultz of the AJC that they are going to work on it. He said work will be done. Uh, Coach Quinn acknowledged that there is a contract issue. He was hoping that Jones would be back for the full offseason program and help to get the timing of the passing game back on track. But that is not going to happen. He told me that down in uh, Orlando back in March. He was really excited about it, but between March and now May, you know, something, uh, uh, the shift in the wide receiver market has the Jones camp wondering uh, if the Falcons can take care of him and update his contract. And we'll get into all those numbers here shortly, but let's start with Coach Dan Quinn. The execution want to still keep working through. Uh, past that, I know uh, the topic of Mr. Julio Jones is on uh, a number of people's minds, so I wanted to let you know um, Julio and I, we speak regularly, and uh, so I was fully aware uh, that he wasn't going to be here for the start of the off-season program, and I was also aware uh, that he wasn't going to be here this past Monday, so uh, he's in great shape, and uh, he's spending some time this off-season working on some of the things he has not even been able to over the last off-season due to some injuries, but I'll keep the conversations that he and I have private, and uh, that's one of the things I really do appreciate uh, about being a part of this team and the connection we have, so uh, we talk regularly for sure, and uh, but I want to make sure uh, that I communicate with you guys on that front. I do expect him to be here, um, you know, certainly either at the minicamp, uh, at the end of uh, you know, the off-season program, uh, that's, that's where I'm at. So you're not expecting him for the OTAs at all? We haven't discussed, uh, yeah. you know, how far, you know, when he'd be ready to come back and, and get rolling with the team. So uh, we haven't gone down that road led too far. I knew he wasn't going to be here this week. Uh, I would certainly anticipate him being here at the latest uh, by the mandatory camp. There's Coach Quinn discussing Julio Jones' situation. Now here's what um, – you know, is uh, up in the air here with regards to Julio. There was a shift in the wide receiver market over the offseason with the Mike Evans deals uh, and the Jarvis Landry deal. But uh, let's just look at the whole situation here and break it down and tell you how the Falcons can take care of Julio. It's uh, real simple. 
even though they are up against the $177.2 million cap. The Falcons' adjusted cap is 176. The team cap is 172.4. Our cap room is 3.5 million. And we uh, we know that they like to keep about two million for uh, emergency. So there's not a lot of room there uh, under the cap. Of course, they can go renegotiate a couple contracts, but uh, there's some other accounting things they could do that won't really hurt them much to uh, tighten up Julio's contract. He's set to have a base cash value of 10.5 million. His total cap number is 12.9 for this year. And uh, just for clarification, I use the NFL PA documents as the uh, for the numbers. I don't use these other websites because I don't know where they get their numbers from. Uh, you know, and I, I won't say those websites, but uh, my numbers are straight from the union, and sometimes they're a little slow in posting them, but these numbers here are, are updated. Um, Inaccurate, updated and accurate. So, here's what Julio's upset about. Uh, we have to project that he's upset. We haven't heard from him, so but uh, there are some market truths out there that would explain the situation. Mike Evans, eighteen point two five, number one. He's nine point oh three percent of Tampa Bay's cap. Fitzgerald's uh. Cap number is 16.85. Jarvis Landry, 15.5. DeAndre Hopkins, 14.0. A.J. Green, former Georgia Bulldogs, 13.7. T.Y. Hilton, 13. And then seventh is Julio Jones at 12.9, 6.8% of the Falcons cap. Now he's seven overall. Uh, with a 12.9 cap, but his actual cash money in his pocket this year off his base is 10.5, which were ranks 12th in the league. So, of course, Julio's not the 12th best receiver, certainly not the 7th. So you can see where, you know, they have a plausible argument from a business standpoint. Uh, we haven't heard from Jimmy Sexton. We go back to uh, the Reggie White days with him and, uh, spoke just recently with them on uh, the Don Terry Poe situation. But, you know, who wants to talk to the media about money? Because, uh, you know, the fans automatically uh, have some backlash about it. I mean, I don't understand that. Nobody complained about the uh, owner spending $2.2 billion to buy the Panthers. Uh, so, you know, a couple million here to take care of the player. Doesn't seem that outrageous to me or that egregious uh, to the Falcons either, it seems like. So how do you solve this situation in a tight cap environment? Well, you only have to look to the Steelers and the Patriots, uh, you know, two teams that are pretty frugal, but, you know, they felt that Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski were worth the effort. Pittsburgh with Brown just moved money from one year to um, the next year. They moved it up in the uh, 15, 16 to 15, then 17 to 16, and then 17 got the new deal done. Uh, just $2 million was enough to make uh, Brown happy, and then $4 million the next year. So we're not talking about a mega deal or a mega redo. Gronkowski, uh, you know, that was instead of just moving the money around, 
the Patriots just switched some of his money to easily attainable incentives. So, you know, maybe the um, the uh, camp, the CAA camp with Julio just wants some of this money here in these last three years guaranteed. Uh, that could be a possibility. Maybe you just need to move some from 20 to 19, from 19 to 18, and get that taken care of. And, of course, uh, Nick Pope, the Falcons capologist, is certainly uh, capable of coming up with a plan uh, to, uh, you know, take care of Jones and, and make sure that they fulfill what Arthur Blank said was going to be uh, some work will be done on this contract. So that's it. That's our title here today. Here's how to work Julio Jones' contract. Here's how to make Julio happy. And that's what we have with regards to that. Uh, let's move on to Vic Beasley. We talked to him yesterday about going back to defensive line exclusively. Uh, you know, last year he was dropping at linebacker, and, and uh, he's expected to have another big season, or at least hoping to. Dropping in coverage and rushing, and how'd you just try to do that last year without, you know, fussing about it? Man, just being a help to the team. You know, I understand when one man goes down, you know, I try to step in. And if, it's, if it's feeling, uh, you know, feeling for me to help out that position, then I'm open for it. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, I'm here for the best interest of the team. So, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, did, did you, was that part of the drop? I know you got hurt early in Green Bay, too, the, but the, the, the very positions was part of the, the drop in stats for sacks for 15 to 5. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I wasn't rushing as much as I normally the would. The opportunities were yeah, less, more, too. Yeah, less opportunities. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's for the best of the team and what the team needed most at that moment. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. And uh, what about, what are you, as you back that in, what are some of the things you want to work on personally uh, and uh, to add to the group? Just being a leader, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, the young guys just come in and they look up to us. So I think that's the uh, main priority for me right now is being a great leader and, you know, setting a good example for these young guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I talked to him. He said maybe, you know, you need to work on uh, inside counter move. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I don't know what that is. I know y'all rush the end and I, don't, I know what hunt move, but I don't know what the inside counter move. That's something just to set up part. And you ain't got to get technical with me, but what is that and what are you trying to work on in your move repertoire? This, uh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. The high school uh, coaches? Yeah. Uh, There's Carter's all yeah. called the rivals. Okay. Yeah. Nah, just, uh, you know, you rush outside just to move to the inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they'll get, so maybe you can get them going one way, you can pop them back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, defensively, y'all made a lot of great strides last year as a unit. Is there, you know, what what's, what are some of the goals going into this year? Uh, and how can y'all can where can y'all get better at? Sure, get more sacks. Everybody like getting more sacks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, make more plays in the backfield. You know, getting deflections. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it comes that boils down to. It's been a, a relentless defense and a, a strong front four. But hey, Vic, appreciate it, man. Take care. There's Vic Beasley. They want to be a relentless defense and take care of things up in the front four. He's always uh, a pleasure to talk to and gracious with his time. Ricardo Allen, congratulations to him for getting his sociology degree from Purdue. Uh, Just wanted to be clear on a couple things. Uh, He has not signed his tender, 
$2.9 million tender, and he's hoping to get a long-term contract deal. So we're starting to see some of these money issues come up. Uh, we, it's going to be happening. I, I thought it would, we thought they'd have financial peace for a couple years. Uh, but now we're starting to see that, you know, guys want to get taken care of. Uh, Ricardo, you know, he's not stupid. You know, they drafted DeMonte Casey last year at his position. Uh, he wants to, you know, see if the team wants to commit to him beyond this $2.9 million. So, so far they haven't. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, of course, the team has said they want to take care of Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett, but that's it. So we'll start seeing some of these things pop up where they had to let uh, some players go this offseason, uh, you know, because of money, Adrian Claiborne, Don Terry Poe. Uh, I don't think – well, they certainly weren't going to match the Chicago deal that uh, Taylor Gabriel got. So it's going to be, uh, you know, got to stay on top of the cap issues moving forward. Certainly Julio's curveball is uh, – I don't know if we're going to see a, another player get cut, um, you know, or some money moved from another player to Julio. But, you know, they have to get creative here. Coach Quinn also gave us some injury updates yesterday. Uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, Muhammad Sanu, Jack Crawford, we saw those guys back at practice. I scratched Hardy off my list, but I don't remember. I might have, you know, didn't see that. And McKinley was not there. I heard, uh, I was told that he had a uh, a dental issue, was getting the braces tightened up or fixed or put on or something to that effect. Now, also, the... Um, Andy Levitre was not there at the outset of uh, practice. He came down about halfway through, about 45 minutes in. Uh, ben Garland was working at left guard. Uh, Brandon Fusco was working at right guard. Mac center, Matthews left tackle. And then, of course, Ryan Schrader at the right tackle. So uh, the uh, defensive line was started out with uh, Grady and um, Terrell McClain. Brooks Reed was at the right end, and Vic Beasley was at the left. We also saw Devondre uh, Campbell rushing some from the left end. Now to wrap up today, we're a little long. We had to get into Julio in, in depth here. We'll probably have to turn that into a uh, print story here. Also, how to how to make Julio happy. That'll be the title of the, uh, the Bowtie Chronicles this week. That'll be the headline. But looking ahead, we're going to talk to D.C. Marquand Manuel later today and some of the other defensive uh, coaches. Uh, Jeff Ulbrich, we'll move around to him. Certainly see Brian Young and uh, Jerome Henderson. Those will be uh, my four to prioritize today. They just put 11 coaches out there, and you got 20 minutes and no way to get to all of them. But those will be my four. Now, next week, OTAs will move to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The week after that, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then we have the June minicamp, mandatory 12 to 14. Perhaps we'll hear from Julio before then, but uh, we certainly, uh, uh, you know, should uh, expect to see him at the minicamp, according to Coach Dan Quinn. So today, the 58th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles, we're going to wrap it up. So, you know, how to settle Julio Jones' contract dispute. Here's how to make Julio happy. Uh, we give you some ideals on how that can be done, how it's been done around the league, how it's not really that big of a deal. 
you know, want to make sure your top players are taken care of and, uh, you know, you don't, you, then you can move on forward. You know, you need Julio, need Julio to be happy. And if it's a couple million here and there to do it, go ahead and take care of them. So with that, we'd like to thank you all for stopping by, listening, subscribing, and downloading the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. I think they like for you to do reviews if you appreciate. We certainly would appreciate your time if you did that. But take care, and we'll talk to you next week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.